Yo, 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 yo. Welcome back to another episode of the Nick and Griff Show. Today is February 12th, 2022, and it is, what time is it, Griff? 651. 651. That's West Coast time, 851 here in uh, the central United States. Let's get into our quick market check. Um, Let's look at the S&P here. Uh, Let's look at the past week. Past week, we are down just a little bit, huh? What do you think here, Griff? What do you think about the markets? I think I think it's all red because doesn't the Fed have a secret meeting coming together where they're going to probably increase the interest rates here? I, think I believe that's, so. That's, that's definitely the talk around town, hey? It's so funny how the these markets, like Bitcoin is rather unpredictable. I mean, like I know it's going down with everything else here. As you can see, it's back to 41. Mm-hmm. at a certain point in time everybody's gonna have to realize bitcoin really will be a totally different game All well you know I, I think this this is an interesting piece too like I've, I've heard from several people here recently like oh why does bitcoin if bitcoin is such a different thing why does it follow the the same uh the same trends as the stock market and it's like well you know fair fair question fair thought uh but i think a lot of retail investors a lot of people that are putting money in bitcoin right now it's more of a speculative investment, you know, for, for, for the most, most people. Right. And what I would say as well is that a price of 41,000, just with where the network is at, like even like the early stages of the lightning network, <clears throat> you know, this isn't, if I invested in a Bitcoin when I was at 10,000 and that was before they even announced the lightning network was possible, I believe in things like that. So if you can't kind of just see the, that bitcoin probably is at like a very realistic price right now i mean it's not overvalued like everything else because bitcoin crashes so there's not a lot of bad money and weak hands in bitcoin it's actually good i would think will clemente actually had a tweet about that this week where he was like you know everybody hates the volatility but at the end of the day if it drops 40 50 percent the only people holding it are going to be people who actually believe in the network and believe in the actual idea of Bitcoin, which is important to have strong investors. Um, Bitcoin has the strongest investors in the world. So at 41,000, I feel really good buying because what's the lowest it's going to go 30, maybe like 29. And, uh, you know, I mean, this isn't financial advice, but all these other markets as Nick and I know, and we've gone over with inflation, they're all assets really. And we've had really high inflation and they've gone up a lot. So, you know, it's natural to say that it's probably time for them to go down way more and for buy some of that money in a recession to transfer to a commodities market. And uh, Bitcoin is the best store of value in that commodities market nowadays, whether people want to believe it or not. Um, you know, just, it's uh, it's interesting looking at uh, a lot of like one, one Bitcoin is one Bitcoin. One Bitcoin, one Bitcoin is one Bitcoin, right? That's that's the main point we've got to get with the market check, right? One, one Bitcoin, Bitcoin is one Bitcoin. One Bitcoin. Uh, you know, I, I was actually, uh, to skip over what I was going to say earlier, because it's not really a big deal, but what uh, what you were saying, uh, or what we had talked about the other day with the idea of one Bitcoin being one Bitcoin, um, I was uh, surfing around looking at some stuff the other day, and, um, and I was like, oh, you know, this is kind of interesting. We always talk about one Bitcoin is one Bitcoin, and um, I got on, I don't remember what the website was. You probably, there's probably a million different websites, but you can go on and you can look at, you know, the dollar versus all these other currencies, right? You just look at foreign exchange rates and all this kind of stuff. 
And uh, it's funny, we talk about one Bitcoin is one Bitcoin and the volatility of Bitcoin is only there where the value, you know, the dollar price is only there if we compare it to some other currency or some other, you know, asset or whatever, right? Um, so I looked up, uh, I did I did $1 in terms of $1, right? Dollars in terms of dollars and the charts flat, obviously, right? $1 is $1. Uh, but then... You go in and you do $1 to the euro or $1 to the yen or $1 to whatever else you want to denominate it in. And you got the same up and down. Now, you know, um, we won't get into the weeds of that stuff, but it is it is interesting. But yeah, at the end of the day, one Bitcoin is one Bitcoin. Talk about because with Bitcoin, what is what Bitcoin is for everybody listening? And just to go over before we really dive into the episode, Nick and I's conversations this week have basically we, we had one phone conversation uh, while I was on the road and it's about, we're both tw- 25. Um, we are both 24 people. Griff's 25, but oh, yeah. When's your birthday again, Nick? June 13th. June 13th. Man, yeah. I forgot. You Mid twenties. Yeah. That's crazy. I'm an old head, I guess, but Hey, <laughs> um, we were really talking about being young. Me and Nick, uh, work pretty hard for our money. Um, and we want to invest our money. We want to save our money. But at the same time, you know, owning property is something me and Nick want to do. Being like entrepreneurs at one point in time is something me and Nick both want to do. Uh, and we we really just want to save money for that time that we want to start investing into our own ideas. And we want to just work really hard and kind of put our, what do you say, like, like put our sweat equity into it right now, like work as hard as possible. Who really cares about anything else? Uh, make as much money as possible, save as much money as possible, get as financially healthy as possible, and then go after some of our real passions and goals later on. And so how do you save for that? You know, like, does that like a, you know, it's like a 10 year investment timeline, six, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10 year investment timeline. Mm -hmm. What do you invest in right now? Do you go out and you get into this credit market and start buying homes and, you know, living in it for a year and then selling it as a rental and then go moving into another one and living in it for a year and sell it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Do you get aggressive about that and just believe in the real estate market? Do you go, or do you just put your money into a 401k? Do you do a mixture of these things? You know, do you buy foreign markets at this point? Because it is a more global economy and that's what Bitcoin is kind of aiding. Do you mm-hmm. buy commodities? Do you buy gold and Bitcoin? Or do you just buy Bitcoin? And what, what do you do yeah. to sell- the most wealth and to make the most money with your money, you yeah. know, because this is not financial advice, but me and Nick, this is what me and Nick were talking about. Cause Nick wants to buy a home and I live in California. So buying a home is like, it's not that I wouldn't want to, it's great property, but you know, you see the inflation bubble in California more than you see it in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And you're, I'm just, you just sit out here and you go, man, like I work really hard. I make some good money. I have some loose cash. Like I can definitely afford, a pretty big mortgage and I can save up some cash, but for what, like, isn't all this going to come down? And, but the real question is when um, maybe these interest rate hikes are going to spark a recession. I've seen hyper Bitcoin adoption or quote unquote crypto adoption being said by JP Morgan this week. Um, I don't know, but Nick wanted to talk about, I think as well, he had some interesting points about the real estate market, but uh, that's just kind of where I'm at with it. It's like, we want to talk about we, what are we going to do? <laughs> like, you know, cause we don't want to buy everybody. We don't want to buy the boomers top, you know, like we don't want to buy the top and all of these markets. If you look at them from 1971 on housing market, S and P 500, NASDAQ, even how they recovered after 2008 
what do you do if you're a young guy like us? You know, you can stack cash, but inflation is also killing you right now in real time with your purchasing power. It's harder to do all of these things um, at once. It's hard to go to your employer right now and go, hey, I need an 8% raise even then. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you're in sales, you just work harder. You don't you don't ask for those kinds of things. It's not the environment you're asking. You just go have to work. You have to work harder and make more money. You have to just figure it out. Yeah. These are the times we live in, but at the same time, you have to love a risk. You have to love a time like this where there's a recession and you're young, you know, you have to kind of play for it. So I don't know, Nick, what do you think? Like buying a home, there's Bitcoin, there's diversification, which I'm not a huge fan of, (laughs) but like, no, it's uh, you you bring up an interesting point. I think, I think the main thing is, you know, being 24, 25, um, you know, I, we don't have like the millions of dollars laying around to just go do whatever we want. Right. And, and for, for people like us, where it's like, Hey, we're a few years into our working careers. Um, we're, we're trying to figure out what is our purpose? You know, what, what is our, what is our claim to fame? Right. What do we enjoy doing and, and, and what kind of career are we going to create for ourselves? Um, you know, if you're looking to create a family, like how do I, how do I put myself in the best position today to be able to do that in the future? Right. Um, and, and, and what you said a second ago, right. is like, yeah, we want, we want to go start those businesses. We want to go invest in the real estate. We want to go invest in the whatever. Right. But right now, right now, you know, I like to think of the three phases of growth. The first piece is, you know, it's kind of like this and and maybe it's this way for people that are watching on YouTube, but, um, you know, the, it's this exponential growth kind of curve, right? And, and phase one is just this, this stacking phase, right? You're, there's not really a whole lot of movement um, and it's pretty flat, right? Then the fa- phase two is, is the growth phase where you start to see, oh, it's growing a little bit. And then phase three, where we all want to get is exponential growth, right? Where we shoot up. And right now is that stacking phase for, for us, right? And, and people that are in similar time of life and season of life is, is stacking, right? So that we have opportunity in, in the future. But to your point, though, with the markets, with the stock market uh, being at all-time highs and continually hitting all-time highs, right? We saw it's come down here over the past couple of, couple of days or whatever. But still, you know, I mean, we're, I think we're up like 30% from the pre-COVID highs and like 90% from the COVID bottom. But, you know, we're, so, so we're at the tops of the markets there. Um, you know, we've got inflation that is at, that's now in January, 2022, year over year, 7.5% overall. Um, there's obviously, that's, that's obviously a, a, a very selected uh, basket of goods, right? That's included in that 7.5%. But one country going to war with another foreign country, but at the same time, adopting Bitcoin as legal tender is what it is the rumors, to be, <laughs> which is a gross right. nation that war is not what anybody wants obviously they feel russia is who we're talking about like the news breaking yesterday it seems like that's what's going to happen how's that going to affect it man because times of war like what's america going to do and you know as we've discussed i think i had this conversation with somebody yesterday i'm like dude you know whether we're colluding with russia or not or like whatever we're doing or whatever china's doing with it what, whatever it is do you know what i'm saying i'm not a geopolitical strategist and I don't pretend to be that political either, but we're not financially able to go to war or help anybody right now. We have no, we have, we don't have the possibility, even if we wanted to, if with inflation at 7.5% and we just printed all that money due to COVID and they can't seem to hike interest rates without 
tanking the markets and they can't seem to actually taper the markets as well at the same they can't seem to do anything about it because yeah. as i know and this inflation bubble like it just has rolled over itself rolled over itself rolled over itself um and we are at almost a trillion dollar trade deficit year over year at this point in the united states <clears throat> and we don't have uh an office that currently invests in american uh, production other than like Intel's building a really big microchip processor in Columbus, Ohio, actually. But uh, it's, it's an interesting time to be in America because me and Nick have talked about this. Like this is a consumer economy. Uh, globalization is a thing. Uh, whether Bitcoin was there or not, these other countries are going to start developing better economies and they can do things cheaper than we can. So as long as the logistics gets figured out, you know, more industries will ship their labor out to other countries and, rightfully so economies of scale like that's all a part of a global economy it should work just fine but you want to know why it doesn't work it's all backed by that stupid dollar shit (laughs) it doesn't work you can't just have a dollar that's backed by nothing and i think that plays such a fine role into what we have to do as investors over the next 10 years because we can't invest like our dads didn't oh i'm just gonna put my money in a 401k you know, I'll survive some recessions till I'm 65. (laughs) No, man, like you won't because if half, say half of those companies don't have a progressive CEO and he doesn't even look at putting Bitcoin on the balance sheet till it's too late, till Nick and I have more Bitcoin than the entire fucking company, then it will be a problem for them. You have to recognize these transitions early and Bitcoin, as Jack Mahler's put with Peter McCormick in an episode this week, uh, Bitcoin is the most important thing that will probably happen in all of our lifetime. Just is what it is. It's that it's that big of a it's that that big of a movement and something this great. I feel like deserves an entire crypto market to defeat, quote unquote. You know, like it's going to have to do some, like things of epic proportions, beating the dollar, beating a crypto market, beating gold as a store of value, being digital property for people, being the greatest monetary network in the world, all at the same time. I mean, brilliant innovation gets competed with. So, and it's very, uh, it dematerializes money. So. Well, so, something you mentioned. Uh, investments. It's just hard for me to picture what else, what is going to be better than that over the next 10 years for us to, to put something into that's yeah. how I've been thinking about it. But so, so something you mentioned earlier that, uh, that people for generations have stored wealth in um, is real estate. Right. Um, and so I, I pulled up a couple of things here. Um, check out some of this uh, some of this information on the real estate market. So this is uh, this is from Redfin, and we're just looking at the uh, at the United States housing market here. But so right up here, they've got they've got a statement really that says some some interesting stuff here. So first of all, home prices nationwide were up fifteen point two percent year over year in December. Okay, so so if I bought a house, it's up fifteen point two percent year over year. Cool. At the same time, the number of homes sold fell 9%. And, and here's, here's a piece um, that, uh, that I think is really powerful here. And the number of homes for sale fell 33.2%. So, so think about this here. Think about this. So from uh, for year over year, right? We're talking about year over year, almost a third of the homes uh, that were on the market are now no longer on the market. That means supply has decreased, right? The housing market supply has decreased almost a third. 
with anything else, right? We talk about economics. We talk about Bitcoin being a fixed supply. And, it, and if something is a fixed supply, um, you know, it, it, it will increase in value as demand increases, right? Um, the, the homes on, on the market fell by a third. The supply decreased. And, and, uh, and I think we'll get into it here in a second to show demand. Uh, but as supply decreases, demand increases, well, the, there you go. 15.2%, you get growth there. I mean, that's that's really interesting here. But let, let's keep moving here. So um, again, this is just kind of a, a quick market Michael, overview. All those statistics, well, just to, in, to jump in, that's really cool. Uh, with all of those statistics and like that, that is just kind of begging for something bad to happen. No, I mean, like it doesn't, when, when things don't correlate like that, it's begging for something bad to happen, right? But you think uh, so? I mean, uh, I mean, all, all that sh- all that's shown is that the market, the the housing market, is decreasing in in supply here a, a, a year over year, as far as this, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. Um, but if if everybody needs a home, if people don't have a place to stay, then obviously you got an issue. But all I it's going to do is bump your bump your values. I think the problem really is affordable housing. I feel like. Uh, the number of homes decreasing and being bought, you know, pe- like investors, people who are buying rental properties, you know, big companies that are buying, you know, big plots of land and buying rental homes mm-hmm. uh, aren't as confident that 2022 is going to be as investable as 2020 and 2021 when, you know, smart, somebody smart with a lot of capital, which Nick and I weren't uh, during COVID sees $1,400 checks going out going like inflation. Uh, inflation is good for housing a hundred percent people are going to have extra money people are going to try and do something that they shouldn't do you know and it is what it is makes money fake and the supply of homes literally lumber like things with the, you need to make homes went up so much in this last year i mean the, so it does make sense but the demand for homes is so high right like it doesn't even seem to matter so mm-hmm. people are just like just raise they're probably just raising their target price that three hundred eighty-two thousand you know, what is, what's like a, what's like a 15, what will, here's a good question. What's that going to be next year? Yeah. So, so hold on. So, so let me uh, hop back in here. So median sale price now sale price that that word sale um, is interesting. And I'm going to pull up Zillow here in just a second, because they've got a different word that they use for this and it's a different number as well. But so they're saying median sale price here for 2020, uh, 2021, I, I believe it would be then if it's year over year is $382,000, which is, which is wild. We don't even need to look at a chart to know that that is, I mean, just cruising up compared to historical numbers. Right. But number of homes sold, uh, 584,000 down seven, seven and a half percent year over year national average 30 year mortgage rate is 3.1%. I mean, I'm going to hop into that here in a second, but so there's there's some of the uh, some of the basic overview pieces here. Supply, look at this now. Supply here, uh, year over year, down twenty one percent. Supply of homes for sale, number of homes, supply of homes for sale is down twenty one percent as supply decreases. If demand increases, uh, then uh, well, if, if demand stays the same or increases. That means the value, the prices are going up, right? That's just basic economics. Um, number of listed homes is down 11.8%. Median days on the market, 25, which is which is actually a lot quicker than um, some of the things that I had heard here around in the Tulsa market, but still down six days oh, just um, year over year. Thank 
you put a home up for sale out here, it's, it's gone, gone, yeah, gone it's immediately. Um, so let's look at the demand piece here. Nothing gone. Oh, gone, so, gone. so look at this here. So homes sold above listing price, 42.8%. Almost half of the homes that are sold are sold above listing price, which is 9.2 points over year over year over the, the previous amount. Homes with price drops, 7.7% uh, um, sale to list price. I'm not sure exactly what this metric is here, but I mean, but I mean, look at this, you know, uh, homes sold above list price. You can see a big jump in June of 2021. Um, now let, let me jump over here to, uh, to Zillow here. So again, remember I, I talked about the, the, the median sale price. Now Zillow is saying here, Zillow home value index. So I don't know if, if, if these guys are looking at more like equity positions that people have, uh, but, but saying the median value is 320 compared to the 382, um, from Redfin, but still, I mean, we can see that, that, you know, three to four range, right? Three, three to $400,000 range. Um, and, and it's also showing here in Zillow that the home value index is showing up 19.6% um, in, in a one year change. And it's predicting a, a forecast of 16.4%, um, which, you know, who, who knows what, what can happen, right? Um and then let's see here. There was there was some other interesting metrics that I saw on on their just their typical or their their front page here. So um, look at this. So so U.S. typical monthly rent is eighteen hundred and fifty five bucks. Change in typical rent from last year up fifteen point seven percent, which is interesting. You know that that seems to correlate with um, the the value of a home. Um, if we look at you know change in typical home value nineteen point six percent. Rent is up 15.7%. I believe in the real estate world, um, it's, uh, it's pretty common to have a 1% rule. Um, and the, that 1% rule is uh, you want to charge about 1% of the home's value in rent um, to cover all of your expenses and stuff like that. And I'm not, I'm not uh, like 100% sure on that, but I'm pretty sure that's a common rule. But there's some interesting data just on the real estate market and what the market's looking like. But look at this now. We, we talk about how, how do we, how do you and I as like regular dudes, how do we, how do we start to build wealth? How do we get the momentum rolling? And maybe we want to buy a home for our family because we just want to have our own place to live. We want to try to capture some equity in, in, a, in the appreciation of real estate. Um, let's, let's look at what is that going to cost, right? I don't have, I don't have 320 or $382,000 to just go buy a house cash. Um, let's look at this, uh, oh, that's inflation here. So he, here is, uh, here is from, if you, if you see up here, this is from, uh, this date one year ago, this is what the interest rates on a 30 year fixed mortgage had done, right? We can see that they cruised up a little bit here, right? Um, and, and it's, and it's really freaking people out, right? I mean, we hit this low down here around 2.7 point percent right? For a, for a 30 year mortgage. That's crazy. That's almost nothing. Right. Uh, but now we're, we're sitting somewhere back up around, you know, 3.69. I've seen, I've seen numbers that are, that are about four and, and higher than 4%. Um, but, but one thing I want to think about here too, is as we zoom out and look more at the historical picture, I'm going to zoom out of here and look at this. We are still historically so low as far as um, mortgage interest rates. I mean, you look at the uh, the 80s here. Look at this, 
percent for a mortgage right and we can see it's it's obviously cruised down so you know like again to your point right it seems like you know you and i don't have historical um context to what this time in the market was all we know is right we didn't live there all we know is this area right in here you know this is all we know and what we can see is that that the interest rates are going up so then again it begs the question well what are we supposed to do? Do we do, should we buy a house? I mean, it, it seems like, it seems like values are continuing to go up. You know, do, do we buy a house right now? Mortgage rates seem to be, seems like mortgage rates are going up, but historically they're still super low. You know, what, what is, do we buy a house? Is it good? Or I, I don't know. I feel like when you buy the house as an investor, right, there's a lot more in owning real estate just like owning Bitcoin means a lot. You know what I'm saying? If Bitcoin varies by jurisdiction. You know, one jurisdiction, one jurisdiction uh, you know, Bitcoin would be legal tender. One jurisdiction, it's a store value capital asset that you can't sell or else it's going to get taxed heavy, right? Uh, but a home, there's a lot of games you can play with a home. I mean, like, and there's infinite amount of games that you can play with a home, uh, especially in America. And real estate is super valuable, so I guess with the interest rate, you know, as long as you feel like your home's going to return, you know, over that interest rate, as well as inflation, then yeah, you're going to be doing pretty well with that home as an investment. Um, the only thing that I would argue uh, is that if you go back and you look at 1971 to now in home value on like Fred, if you could pull that up. Oh, yeah, I can pull it up. And Keep then going, if, I'll pull it yeah, up just like how bad the crash was in 2008. And when you realize it was stopped by quantitative easing. So it's just a bait. We put, we put a bandaid on it. Um, but the demand, like we talk about is so high for homes. The average buying price is 47% over asking. That's just insane. I mean, that's just people rabid for homes because people all want to just people, people love to own their own property um, or at least feel like they own their own property. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, like, that's to me why like owning a home right now is not like, it's not really a good time to buy one. I mean, like, pretty obviously, if people are buying 48% over asking. Uh, I feel like that makes the home like the housing market way overvalued. Uh, and it's just a matter of time. And it's sad, but I kind of feel like that's true. One other thing to talk about is that I there was a Florida home settled on the Ethereum network. Did you see that? Uh, I've heard of it. Um, it was, was, settled that, was that the NFT purchase? Like or? NFT. Yeah, the home was sold as like an NFT. I don't know. Like, I mean, I guess gas fees would be less than all the other fees associated, like escrow and close, like sales tax and like all that kind of stuff. But you have to hold the Ethereum, you know, like, yeah, we're really banking on no taxes on that shit. But at the same time, think about that, though. I mean, it actually pegged the question because I'm like, okay, I, I don't see NFTs being brought to the Bitcoin network yet. I don't know if it's like still a ways away or it's not going to happen because I know a lot of Bitcoiners don't believe in it. And I, I almost don't, I think that stuff is super important, but at the same time, you tell me this, Nick, is it important to have a decentralized Twitter or is it important to have a Twitter where if you want the content, you pay in Bitcoin and Twitter doesn't get any of their Bitcoin. Mm. Yeah, and that's uh, I think that's a, that's an interesting, you're, you're making a, 
you're, if that's you're all Twitter has to do is integrate with the Bitcoin network and they don't have to actually become this decentralized new platform, Twitter will ultimately win. It's going to be hard. It's so big. It's going to be really hard to displace it. Um, but I don't know. Like, I don't like Web3 to me is just like the stupidest thing in the world. And I feel like it's all marketing that gets people hyped up about it. Yeah, It's all about having a website that gets created where the content cannot be censored because it's on a, who knows, it's just on an open source website, like Reddit kind of, you or it's like, nobody can control it. But yeah, oh, this is a good chart. Yeah, I so I, it doesn't, it, it's not quite, uh, it's not quite 1971. It goes, looks like it's going back to 1975. But um, there's about a million different charts out there. But yeah, I mean, you can see, uh, obviously, you know, we hit this, we hit this, uh, this high up here, 2007, see the housing market kind of crash in that 2008 period, um, whenever all that stuff happens. And then we've been cruising ever since and check this out. That's a sharp in increase right there. Isn't it? Yeah, there's other charts that show how more like even more drastic it can be. But yeah, it's nuts. Well, um, you know, so that, I mean, that, that's kind of that that kind of goes back to the, to the logarithmic versus linear type charts, right? Yeah, but to obviously, so to reel it back in um, and to kind of answer the question of this episode, uh, we're young. What are we going to do in the next 10 years? You want to be an entrepreneur you, or you do want to own homes? Is this the time to buy a home or is this the time to stack sats or is this time to what what should you do not financial advice but it's just this is a very i mean like it's so funny it's like this is such a rough time i feel like bitcoin is the only non-overvalued asset i would say that almost everybody else is wrong um and i think it's bitcoin's time to shine i i think it's time i think it's like decoupling time i think the game theory on like all the macro stuff we talk about paired with if you just look at the growth of the Bitcoin network in terms of new lightning nodes, what's being added to it on the like on the lightning network, um, how strong uh, the Bitcoin network is, how many states are being becoming so receptive to Bitcoin mining. Uh, I saw a report that California lost seven hundred fifty million dollars not uh, mining Bitcoin last year. And, you know, it's funny because of my job with hospitals, right? Like I always give them. You know, it's not about the actual cost versus like the real cost of what you're associated, but it's preventing further costs, right? Like you don't want to have, um, you don't want to have a dehist wound in a hospital, right? You want to prevent that so that you don't have to pay for the dehist wound. You want to prevent ever having that. Well, you, you want to do the same thing with your money, and like the Bitcoin network is the product that prevents the dehist wound it is it is the cost savings because you don't want to have unused energy right like you don't want just energy sitting in the ground so so speaking of speaking of the the bitcoin network growing here here's the total hash rate here and i'm not going to get into details of what the hash rate is but it's it's essentially uh, an idea of what the uh, computing power that's going into the network is um this big sharp de decline if you guys aren't familiar um, what is that? I mean, I, I don't know what percentage that would be, but it's a huge drop. That was when China banned Bitcoin and Bitcoin mining, um, which was which was wild because they were they were the number one mining country in the world up until that point. Um, they 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 uh, outlaw it and it dropped the hash rate drops way down. And we've now since then recovered to new all time highs And the United States is now um, the uh, the biggest Bitcoin mining country in the world, which is awesome. 
Um, and and let- also released a product, I believe I saw this week, because this was such a big week for Bitcoin, but Intel released a product um, where mm-hmm. they're going to start making better chips for the ASICs for this Bitcoin mining, which just strengthens the network. Yeah, um, all that. So, you know, he, here's a here's another look. Um, is that very investable to you? I feel like that's pretty investable uh, to me. I mean, like, I feel like over the next five to 10 years, buying a home is something you should like, you should be cautious about if you're a young person, because you don't want to be a part of the great crash and all of your money is in that home. You know, I mean, like maybe it's tough to avoid. Maybe everything is overvalued and I'm just not seeing it. Uh, But at the end of the day, we're headed in like a death spiral of a situation. There's no, I I mean, in my opinion. Well, to to touch on something else, right? I mean, we talk about the equities markets. Look, I mean, this is just the S&P 500, which is, you know, pretty much the benchmark for the stock market. Um, I mean, this is is the the pre-COVID high right here. And this is the drop. And if we, we can do like some, some basic, uh, some rough calculations here from, from that pre-COVID top to where it's at roughly right now is a 30% increase, right? Okay, that's one thing. Now let's look at the COVID bottom and come all the way up. We're looking at 95% growth, right? So, so the real question becomes like, okay, uh, if, this is, if this is what we're looking at, let's alter this chart a little bit so it's a little bit easier to read um zoom out 2012 2012 was when it reached its lowest from the 08 crash in almost every market it's not it's not letting me zoom out here let's look at all time here so so here's here's these all-time charts um so there's so there's the covid crash right there um i mean look at this you know like it, it, this thing continues and continues and continues to cruise up, cruise up, cruise up. Right. Um, but it, it's such a, it's such a weird thing to think like, is, is it the top? Do we, do we just continue to buy because it always goes up? You know, I don't know. It just, it feels like, it feels like this is such a sharp increase that it feels overvalued. And there's gotta be some type of correction. We've got to let some steam out of the freaking pot, you know? And so it's like, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe if we buy now in 30 years, it's still going to be cruising up. And, and I think it probably will. You know, I think Bitcoin takes over and is the, the, uh, the medium of exchange and store of value that we all know and love at some point. I believe that that is going to happen. I also believe that the equities market is still going to be here. Even if Bitcoin takes over as money, I think that we're still going to be buying equities in, company, in companies. I think that we're still going to be doing that. How, how does that whole shift happen? I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure, you know, uh, I'm not hundred percent sure how that happens, but yeah, it's, it's super, it's super wild. It feels like we've been, it feels like the stock market at least has been running on the, uh, on the red line, you know, at seven or eight or 10,000 RPMs, you know, for the past, you know, year, whatever it's been. And uh, it's like, man, how, how long, how long can this be sustained? And you'd hate to, you'd hate to buy the top and then crash down and then, and you know, like over over years, economies of scale. I think ideally, it's going to come back up. Or ideally, I think theoretically, it, it'll probably come back up. Um, but you know, I mean, it's like, do you buy? Do you buy the top right now? But again, to go back to the beginning, what we were talking about, it's not about. It's not. We're not necessarily just looking to you know um, to put our money someplace and then just forget about it. You know, we, you and I, want to have an opportunity fund 
so that when the opportunity comes, we can, then we can go, we can go put our money in these different places, you know? So do we wait? Do we wait for the markets to drop? Do we wait for the housing market to come back down? Do we wait for the stock market to come back down? You know, listen, look at all these people in Bitcoin that were talking about, oh, it's, it's too high. Let's wait for it to come back down. But then it just, then it comes back, then it comes cruising back up again, right? I mean, it, are, do we have some type of fallacy in our, in our thought? You know, is there some type of hole that we're missing that, that, we're, that we are applying to Bitcoin, but we're not applying to other things? You know, I mean, I, I don't know. I think I'm definitely biased to Bitcoin. I think that there's a, a ton more value in it than, uh, than, you know, some of these other things that, are, that we're seeing go on. Um, I mean, just in comparison to, to a monetary good like the dollar, you know, not, not necessarily compared to um, equities or real estate. The Bitcoin is, is a separate thing from those, right? Just as money is not the same as buying an equity in a, in a company, you know. Um, but we also, we, we have to look at this thing with a macro view. But at the same time, you know, if, 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 if there's so much uncertainty in all these markets, real estate, equities, um, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, whatever, whatever you want to look at, we also can't just store our money in cash because it's getting eaten, eaten away by inflation. Seven and a half percent. I mean, I don't know if you've uh, I don't know if you've seen uh, some of these charts here, but let's let's look at some of the breakdowns here from inflation here uh, just this past month. So uh, this is from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, which is awesome that they post this information like super quick. But overall, all items, seven point five percent. Right. That's that's a, another another 40 year high. Right. But then then food, 7%. You can actually drill down here. So food at home, 7.4%. And food away from home, 6.4%. Griff, which one do you want to pick on? How do they even get that statistic? Like you have to ask those kind of questions when you look at this. It's well, seven- so look, look, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Food. I'm just saying it's 7.4%. And it's like you, okay. So what of eggs, of milk, of beef, of chicken? Look, it, it's all it's all here. Yeah. So c- cereals uh, and bakery products, six point eight. Meats, poultry, fish, and eggs, twelve point two percent. Look at this. I mean, it's it's. I want to see like that's the thing. Like I feel like all this stuff, even though it's seven point four percent, is actually rather unacceptable. Um, energy consumption, energy commodities. That's an interesting one. Yeah. Well, yeah. Possibly fuel, oil, but gas. Uh, but you have to look at exactly what they're putting into the calculation and how they're weighting the calculation. Otherwise they're just feeding you a statistic and they are manipulating it at the end of the day. And it's not, and that's the whole problem with a lot of this stuff is it's been propaganda. It's been, uh, they've quantitative ease. They've made it easy for everybody to live. Uh, but at a certain point in time, um, when there's no, real equity like with no true powerful money being put into inner cities when there's no money being really put into innovation when only a select few are able to put their kids into like good schools and private education the talent in this country leaves and the iq of this country leaves and you have to look at i mean that's the macro i'm looking at i'm looking at it as people are not awake this country is old people are trying to get to retirement they don't want to be wrong because then they would have been wrong their entire like life. Everything they worked for is going to go down. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, this might be a sad thing to see, uh, but a recession comes and whenever the next recession, it's not when, if a recession will come, recessions come, but will the recession be like, Oh, eight, the 1930s, <laughs> the 1980s. What will, what will it be like? What is this recession for America? And what are the implications of our recession 
um, on a global scale as the world monetary policy. And you have to look at its competition. Um, and that's Bitcoin. There's nothing else competing with it. Uh, I don't think you're going to see that in the mainstream news. You want to know why? They're either trying to buy it or trying to figure out a way to like stop it. And in closing for me, for to, to answer, I just feel as though as long as the purchasing power of your Bitcoin is going up as much as it's been, and you can close it out, Nick, with whatever you, whatever thoughts you have here. But for me, in closing, the purchasing power of Bitcoin is going to go up exponentially over probably the next 10 years. There's only 21 million and the monetary network is growing in an ever-growing global economy with a very susceptible America uh, because we are not, not only are we not as strong at the top, but it's very weighted to the top. And at the end of the day, a free market breeds better success than what we've had for the last 50 years. Um, and I feel like we are, we're reaping all the consequences of bad money from uh, inflated markets to poor people in the streets who can't just buy a home because they have, they don't have a really high paying job to our school suck. And being a teacher is like a cop out in this country at this point in time. And public schools are kind of a joke across the country and kids aren't really learning anymore. And we're not very smart. China produces more engineers a year than we have engineers. Um, I'm, under, I'm not an engineer, but I learn every single day. I contribute to the economy. I do as much as I can. And I feel like you do have to bank on some of that stuff right now as a young investor. Um, Bitcoin fixes a lot of the issues that are inevitably coming. If you look at all of these charts. So that's yeah. it for me. That's it for me, Nick. You, you you let them know what you think. I know you're a little bit more uh, diversified in in your mind, which might make you a better investor than me over the long term. I'm not sure. You have you know yeah. we have to see how some of these things play out. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think the main thing you know with with this episode and the listeners and the viewers, uh, the main thing is like you know you've got to you've got to do the research and and find your own answers. You know, because every everything's everything's different for everybody. You know, like inflation is a great example, right? We look at an, at the inflation number and it's, oh, 7.5%. Well, it's 7.5% if you buy those exact goods and services that are included in that basket of goods, right? If you are a, a super wealthy person, you know, Michael Saylor always hits on this. If you're, if you're a wealthy guy and you like buying really nice art and really great real estate and, and stocks and, and equities and companies, well, your inflation rate's a shitload higher than 7.5%, right? The market, we've seen the market is up 30% from the pre-COVID high. You know, that's, that's much more than 7.5%. Um, so it, I think the inflation number, right, is relative, as is your own financial plan. And again, right, this is, this is not financial advice. This is only for, hey, what is going on, right? This, Griff and I are just two regular dudes. Griff lives in Sacramento, California. I live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We've got another guy, Nico, that lives in Albany, New York. And we all get together and we just talk about shit's going on, right? And it's like, we're just trying to make sense of it. And, and that's what we're hoping to do for you guys. Um, you know, I guess really to, to, to kind of close it out, it's like, man, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I mean, I, I know that I'm, I'm stacking cash on the sideline uh, and, and I'm stacking Bitcoin. And uh, I'm, I'm not really playing too much in the equities market right now. Um, stacking cash also to buy a house um, with my with my lady um, here within the next year, probably. Um, I'm feeling confident about that. You know, either way, you know, like sometimes we look at so many things as like, oh, is it a good investment? Is it going to be good for our money? Dude, we just want a house, man. 
we want to start a family and we, we want to have, we just want our own place. You know, we want to have our own house. And so part of that too is, is in it as well. You know, like sometimes maybe something isn't like the perfect investment, but it's like, dude, I, we want to buy a house, you know? Um, and so it's like, yeah, you know, at, at the end of the day, like, I don't know what the answers are, you know, I don't know. It depends, you know, it depends on who you are and what you want to do and where you're currently at and all those types of things. Right. But Hey, if you guys want to have conversation with us, um, we'd love to uh, talk on Twitter. Um, come check us out. We try to post some cool content. We try to, we try to be interactive and have fun with people. Um, come check us out on, uh, let me see. Let me pull this up here. Come check us out on, uh, on, oh, on the wrong screen. There we go. Can you see, are you seeing YouTube right now, Griff? You're good. Yeah. So if you guys are listening on uh, Apple podcast or Spotify, we also post these, uh, these recorded zoom calls on YouTube. So you can hang out with us. Um, today we did a lot of screen sharing and showing different charts and stuff. So come watch us on YouTube. Um, and yeah, if you guys want to have a conversation, come see us on Twitter at Nick and Griff show. Um, we try to post fun content. Like I said, um, we like to, we like to talk with people in the DMS. They are always open. Um, so come check us out and uh, appreciate you guys watching and listening to another episode. And we will see you guys next week.